Well, the Oilers looking for life, and instead they give up a back-breaking shorthanded goal, and they drop their fourth in a row, 5-3, the final damage tonight at Rogers Place against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Oilers get zero points over the course of of a three-game homestand. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 9.57. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. The Oilers wind up out shooting Carolina 51-21. Cam Ward makes 48 saves. Laurent Brassois, first start of the season for the Oilers. Couldn't come up with the big save when the Oilers needed it. He takes the loss. You, you look at this one, around, and there's a lot to talk about, but just talking about things that led directly to goals. Clefbaum pinches 15 seconds into the game. Didn't have a hope of keeping that puck in. Teravinen breaks in two-on-one. He scores. Maroon, about four minutes later, takes a silly interference penalty. He's looking at the ref, yelling, because he thought he had his stick held, and maybe he did, but you got to move on. Drills the Carolina player going to the bench. He's in the box. Carolina scores. Late in the first period, Cassian hits Derek Ryan about three seconds after he had the puck. He takes a silly interference penalty. He's in the box when Carolina scores. And then we played that goal where, yeah, maybe a bit of a tough pass for Clefbaum to handle, but we've seen him handle it dozens of times in his NHL career. Shorthanded breakaway the other way, and you lose by two goals on four silly and or stupid plays, quite frankly. And I'm just looking at this, and I said, I'm thinking, geez, right? If the Oilers could get out of their own way, they'd be dangerous. Well, I'll give Clefbaum a break on the last one. I think that one's more the pass. It's a bad pass to put him in a bad situation, but you got to blame the guy that makes the pass on that one. The one that was, I mean, just set the tone for the for the whole first period was the the pinch, 20 seconds into a hockey game. You're the defenseman, so you get to see where everyone is. And when when you are pinching, your first thing you do is you look: is there a high man? Do I have someone backing me up? If I have someone backing me up, now I can make my pinch. If there's no one back there, I can't because the risk-reward is not good enough. If I keep the puck in, big deal. It's along the boards. If I lose control or if the puck gets past me, it's an odd man break 20 seconds into a game. and So that set the tone. And then silly penalties. And I'm sure that was addressed between the first and second period by Todd McClellan because they were, they were dumb. The one you talk about with Maroon, he's yelling at the ref. He's engaged with the referee. So the referee, while he's talking back to him and listening with, to what Maroon says, Maroon goes and hits a guy who doesn't have the puck. It was so simple. In the Cassian one, we, showed, we saw the video where it was a good three, four seconds after. The Oilers are not a good penalty-killing team right now. They're not. They're at the bottom of the league. And because of that, you cannot take silly penalties. And the Oilers did, and they put themselves behind. And when you fall behind 2 nothing, 3 nothing in a hockey game, You've got to play perfect hockey the rest of the way. And the Oilers played, you know, the final 40 minutes, they were dominant. But when you're always chasing uphill, you can't afford a mistake. The mistake eventually happened on the power play where it got fumbled at the blue line, and that's the game. And that's what happens when you're chasing. One mistake will sink you the rest of the night. So 5-3, Carolina takes it. Jordan Stahl has a goal and three assists for Carolina. Ryan Strom scored his first as an Oiler tonight. He added an assist. Tons of power plays in this game. Carolina goes two for five. The Oilers go two for seven. But as we were talking about, they also give up a shorthanded goal. Oddly enough, Rob, we've seen games with two. I don't know if you and I have done a game together with three. Too many men on the ice penalties. <laughs> the Oilers took one. Carolina took Two, the Oilers scored on one of them, and then the other one was late in the third where, I, I mean, 
the, the Oilers were still down a couple of goals, but it was well, such a crazy third period. You were wondering if that might give the Oilers a little bit of life. Well, we've seen too many men penalties, but when we see them, it's usually a guy taking his time getting off, uh, you know, a second short or just someone jumping on two seconds quick. Both Carolina penalties, they had actually six guys playing for an extended period of time. Uh, you know, they had six for 15 seconds on the first one, and the last one, I mean, they, were in, they had all six guys in their own zone for a good 10 seconds. Those are ones you don't see very often, and that's something that obviously Carolina is going to have to figure out because it almost threw a game away. They, you know, they got scored on the first time, and then late in hockey, you get to pull your goalie with a, with a man advantage, and the Carolina Hurricanes were able to sneak it out. But, yeah, it was, it was a silly game that the Oilers uh, blew the opportunity, and they blew it in the first 20. 5-3, Carolina takes it. I do want to tell you the Japanese Village goal light is back for another season, but we don't turn it on tonight. We will whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Then you can go to the Oilers page on 630ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. We're going to bring you head coach Todd McClellan, ASAP. In the meantime, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Alex to the show tonight. Alex, really appreciate you calling, man. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Well, we're doing okay. It's a frustrating start to the season, though, buddy. Oh, God, I don't even know what to say. It's, uh... I don't know, man. I'm starting to get a little scared here. I mean, they just can't seem to get going uh, their heads. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Another uh, first period where it's just like... I don't know. You know, what I'm getting scared of, guys, is if, if they come back after this road trip 1-7, and seven, I hate to say it, man. Like, please, Oilers, man, they got to play 60 games, 60 minutes full. Like, I mean, like, you know, you could tell by my voice because it's, uh, it's scary because, uh, you know, they were talking, you know, Jim Mora on his rant playoff, you know, yep, the football yep, coach? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I got to tell you, uh, guys, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, freaked out i'm sitting here and my girlfriend we don't even know what to talk about anymore because if they're one in seven goodbye playoffs you know maybe it's a good time for you and your girlfriend to talk about children it's about time now. <laughs> yeah, do, do, do you know do you own a bottle of wine <laughs> i don't know brother i don't know what to say but they got to get a go uh, obviously talbot's got to steal one in chicago and, well, and if they play 60 minutes and maybe we can turn this around because after this road trip you you know what the schedule in november is like yeah, it's well, they're like, like, and usually, and that's what it's been like for the Oilers historically. They're they're often on the road more than they are at home in the month of November. I, I mean, they're the rodeo is at uh, Rexall, but the PBR is coming into here, and that's just the, the way that I mean, Carolina has often come in here in October because they have a state fair, so sometimes that the schedule works out that way. Yeah, Alex, I mean, he, he's makes a good point. I mean, last year the Oilers started seven and one. That didn't clinch them a playoff spot but it but creates a little momentum and don't forget they had a five game losing streak in november last year they went almost two weeks without a point like i'm not talking it was a pure losing streak regulation losses they never fell below 500 they got they were only a game above uh but yeah i mean you 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 get in too big a hole and then you can win three, four in a row, and you look, and it's like, oh, my God, we're still two games below 500. So it, it's a legitimate concern, and, he, and he, brought up, he brought up the goaltending, and it's not the only problem, but they need a save here at some point. And I know, Rob, you're going to say there were some good shots by Carolina. Absolutely, but there's a reason they're called saves. They're, you know, they're difficult, and, and they keep your team hanging around. Well, y- yes and no. I, I, they Outside of the first game, the Oilers' goaltending has been outplayed in the, the next four. 
So that's not a good thing. Um, I think that it's not just on goaltending. There's a lot of mistakes that are being made out there early in hockey games, especially the goaltender is the one taking the brunt of it because he's the last guy. And, and when he makes the mistake, it's in the back of the net. Uh, as for the, the start to the season, uh, the, all teams go through slides throughout the course of a season. You know, the, the teams that win the Stanley Cup, at some point they'll look back, a slide they went through and how they came out of it and how it brought them closer together and how it, it gave them that, that strength, that mental strength that when things go wrong in the playoffs, we knew what to, how to cope with it because we've been through that in the regular season. The problem with having a slump at the beginning of the year is when you're, as a player, we get stat packs in the dressing room all the time. So you're always looking at the stats. You're always looking at where you are in the standings. If you have a slump sometime in the middle of the season, you've got points in the bank. So all of a sudden, it doesn't look as bad if you go through a four or five game slump because, well, we still, okay, we fell from second down to fourth, but we still got a bunch of wins. We're okay. But when you're at the beginning of the season and all of a sudden you go into a slump, and if they struggle on this road trip, now you're looking up not at, you know, one or two teams. You're looking up at, well, in, in the West, you could be looking at 12, 13, 14 teams ahead of you. Even Vegas. Even Vegas. Well, they're already looking at they Vegas. They are, and they're, they're winning again, <laughs> again tonight. tonight. So th- that, that, that plays uh, tricks on you mentally because now you start to panic. And as a player, you're starting to doubt yourself, and that's never a good thing. So I have seen many times where a team has got off to a little shaky start in games they should have won, and all of a sudden they go on this road trip, and you're, the fear in the fans is like, oh, they're going to drop all three, and then all of a sudden they go into a Chicago. They go into a Pittsburgh. They go in somewhere like that, and they get a big win and turn things going the other way. The Oilers certainly need that, and that last caller said it best. They need a, a Cam Talbot to walk into one of these rinks and stand on his head and get them the win that they need. Yeah, well, and I think we could take that further, too, though, because, uh, I mean, there, there's lots to talk about, but there are moments when you can make a play, and I'm using the you to describe anybody on the team, you can make a play that swings it in, in your favor. It's And, I mean, uh, a, a Maroon gets a breakaway. Would have made it 4-4, yep. Okay. Ward wins that battle. Other other little moments for the Oilers where, you know, there were other power plays. Yeah. Even though they got two power play goals, they were only plus one because they gave up a shorty, but other power plays but having where said there that, wasn't the finish. It's the stars are the ones that are going to bring you out of it. It's a Connor McDavid having an, uh, an all-star night or a Cam Talmud standing on his head. When you're going through tough times, there's a reason stars are stars is because they come up at big moments, and that's where they need in this this road trip. They need Connor McDavid to play like Connor McDavid is capable of playing. They need Cam Talbot to be the Cam Talbot that they saw last year. If either of those things happen, all of a sudden this road trip can become much more successful, and everyone will start forgetting about this little blurb they've had at the beginning of the season. Well, the Oilers are 1-4. and four. They've lost four straight 5-3 Carolina wins tonight. We'll get back to your phone calls in a couple of minutes here, but let's go down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. It's 20 seconds in. They're just they're not reading well. They're not playing well, so he's accurate. So you get through, you give up a goal there, you get through it too many men in the... Yeah, we got a guy that takes a penalty. He hasn't even touched the ice yet, and he takes a penalty, and it's not even close who he's changing for, too many men on the ice. So that's disappointing. We get through that penalty. We take another one, and it's 2 nothing. So four minutes in, we've made enough mistakes to get ourselves in a hole 2 nothing, and then it's a, it's a tough fight back from there. What would you think of Maroon's penalty? I didn't like it. 
So, Todd, you, you guys battle your way back in. And special teams, I mean, if the power play is not going to be producing, tough to be giving them up. And can you maybe just talk about the special teams in general and the, and the battle you're facing there on both sides of it? Well, our, I think our power play got us a pair today. Finally, they got on the board. We had, you know, we rang a couple off the posts. And um, it's never going to be pretty ugly power plays right now we're scoring. And that's how we got our power play goals. Uh, the killer is the uh, the short-handed one. We throw a grenade into a D-man's feet, and he doesn't keep the puck in front of him, and they're gone the other way just when we're establishing some momentum in the game. So the timing of our mistakes is uh, is hurting us as well. Did you need a big save from Brassois? Not that he didn't had a chance on some of the goals, but did you need a save when the other guy was making a whole ton of them? Yeah, we, we could have used one, but... You know, they, their scoring chances were grade A again. We're giving up five goals on 21 shots. There's something wrong. Todd, your penalty kill, is it just timing the guys out of sync? Uh, what are you seeing that's just not happening? Because your power play, right, your penalty kill right now just is not close to good. No, it's not close to NHL caliber, so we're... Uh, uh, you know, we're struggling a little bit with the confidence. We're, we're running when we should be standing. We're standing when we should be running. So our, our timing, our reads, um, we lose three people. You know, sometimes you can lose two and, and get away with it. Tonight we lost three and we didn't get away with it. Our net play on our penalty kill, not, I'm not talking about the goaltender, but our net play on our penalty kill has to get better. Um, you know, their third goal, they score in the two-on-one net front. You couldn't play it any poorer. Um, we had the exact same opportunity, I think, in the second period, and they're deplayed it perfectly. It was significantly different. So those are areas we have to get better in. How did this team just forget how to play? Well, we haven't forgotten how to play. Um, we have moments when we're brain dead. Um, I still think we know how to play. Uh, but a lot of it's fundamentals. It's it, 20 seconds in, pinching without uh, anybody to cover. That's a fundamental thing that um, teams just, you know that from day one. And we're 20 seconds in. We should, we're fresh. We should be able to read that. It's just poor reads, poor, um, you know, poor judgment on the ice, and it's costing us. Todd, can you maybe just address some of the players that you lean on the most? And left bomb tonight or other guys on a different night, but... Important players seem to be uh, struggling, and some of them all at the same time here, and how much that's hurting you? Well, I think you almost answered the question with the question because it's obvious that uh, some of our go-to guys are struggling right now. Um, yet others, I thought, had better games tonight. They, they seem to be coming out of their funk. I thought Latestu had his best game of of the year. I thought Strom had his best game of the year. So we're starting to find some players, but we can't lose three or four as, as we're going along and doing it. And uh, I think that happened with a couple of guys on the back end tonight. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. 5-3, the Oilers lose to the Carolina Hurricanes. They have lost four in a row. If you missed this one or didn't catch the whole game, I mean, another horrific start for Edmonton. They were down 2-0 before the game was five minutes old. They were down 3-0 after the first, 3-1 after two. They got within 4-3 in the third period despite giving up a shorthanded goal, but they could not pull even. Jacob Slavin, who had a good game for Carolina, clinched it with 9.24 to go. Oilers couldn't uh, get anything to go late. They outshot Carolina 51-21. I mean, he, he said it there, Rob, and it's, it's been a theme. Um, he, he says, well, we, our players haven't for, forgotten how to play, but for some reason they're not performing 
as, as the players that we saw, we saw them, a lot of them perform last season, and, and poor reads, poor judgment. There's another huge theme there. Yeah, I, I mean, this is the same team that had success last year, and they're going to find success again at some point this year. You just need to find it quicker. The problem with being in the, the Western Conference is you need almost 100 points to, to make the playoffs, and you, you throw away points at the beginning of the season and games you, you know, home games that you should be winning against teams that are non-playoff teams the year before. So you're wasting those opportunities. Uh, it, it's good players just making bad mistakes, making bad thoughts on the ice, and it happens. Um, it's unfortunate for the Oilers. Every time they do make that big mistake, it, it, it's costing them. And tonight, I... I I mean, the Edmonton Oilers had a ton of great opportunities, too, and we, we talked about the Maroon one, and then Yamamoto hits a post. So there could have been other opportunities that went in for the Oilers, but when they make the big mistake, they've paid for it. In the in the four losses, every big mistake they've made, they've paid for. Now, they haven't got the big save, and they were not easy saves, and you talked about it earlier, but they are saves that are needed, and everything just seems to be going against them right now. They need a break. And hopefully getting on the road, they'll find a couple breaks uh, in two nights' time in a, in a tough place to play in Chicago. And we'll have that for you on Chet. 5 o'clock face-off show, 6.30 for the start of the game. Three goals for the Oilers tonight. Means a $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give 25 dollars for every goal throughout the season. 780-496-0063 will welcome Fred to Overtime Open Line. Good evening, Fred. Hey, how's it going, boys? Hey, good to hear from you, man. Yeah, you too. Uh, midnight tonight, heavy metal on CDSR. Anyway, we got to the hockey game. Uh, well, David Perron just scored at 4-1 Vegas, but Todd summed it up really good. One word, brain dead. They're playing brain dead hockey out there. Uh, the passes aren't there. There's no, there's no, the effort's not there. Obviously, I don't think Brassois is a good backup goalie. I said that from day one, and he looked, you got to make at least one big save a game. And if you want to be a backup, you got to make that save. And I, they will get it together, but uh, I'm getting a little jittery here because this was a soft start to the schedule. Uh, four of those five teams, you should win four of the five games because Vancouver, uh, Winnipeg, Carolina, and Ottawa team you should be. And when you get behind the April, like you're seeing there, Rob, at the start of the season, you start getting a little jittery. I'm getting jittery here because we went through this for 10 years. Hmm. It's crazy. Well, it, it, you're right. I mean, this is the, the part of the schedule they were supposed to have success, and then they go on this tough road trip in Chicago and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, but they would feel good about themselves because they get off to a good start to the year. But when it's the opposite, now you got this road trip looming in front of you. You're like, okay, you know, things weren't going well against teams that we normally beat. Now we're going into tough build. So uh, it's tough. The hardest part right now is for, for the Oilers is it's like in tonight's game, for example, you're thinking, okay, there, there, no Secker in the lineup, no no bending in the lineup. So Ovito's in. I mean, how is he going to handle it? Well, he's plus on the night, and it's the Clefbaum-Larsen pairing that struggled. So that's the hard part for the Oilers. It's, it's not their, their – tonight wasn't their role players that struggled. It was some of their bigger name players that struggled. And that can't happen – on home ice in a game that you're supposed to win because if it does, the confidence starts to lag through the dressing room. 5-3, Carolina takes it tonight. Teravinen with two goals. Stahl had a goal and three assists. Letestu, Strom, and Lucic scoring for the Oilers tonight as they tried to come back, but obviously the hole much too deep to totally climb 
out of. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. He scored on the power play tonight. Mark Letestu. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to fall behind. It, it's going to happen. I thought we did a good job digging ourselves out of the hole. Uh, we needed to keep it at three, and that shorthanded goal against, you know, that hurts. And another breakdown for the fifth one. But, uh, you know, if we'd have kept it at three, I think we were in a good position to get back in the hockey game. Uh, but it's just right now we're, we're, we're giving away opportunities. You know, that we're not making teams earn it, and it is costing us. Traditionally, Carolina, they came in allowing the fewest shots per game. Uh, you guys pepper them with 51. Uh, what were you doing right in terms of the volume tonight? Oh, I think we were just willing to shoot the pucks. Uh, you know, there was stuff from the outside. We're getting to second, third opportunities. Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm not here for silver linings. You know, it's the score is still in their favor. Uh, we got to find a way to score more than the other team. And uh, regardless of the shots, uh, we got to find a way to be better. You as a vet, you've seen it before, getting on the road, benefit to the team right now? Well, home certainly isn't working right now, so a change of, of getting on the road, uh, it, it might be a nice to have a little change of scenery. Uh, you know, the last few years have been a good road team. Uh, we're going to some tough buildings, so our game's going to have to continue to progress if we're going to have success out there. The power play, you guys get a couple tonight, but you also give up the shorthanded goal. Uh, what are you seeing on the man advantage right now? Yeah, it was, it was nice to score. Uh, I think we created some good looks. Uh, but at that juncture of the game, uh, you know, you're in an opportunity to actually tie the game up, but it goes the other way. Uh, it's nice to get the two goals, but at that point in time, that power play has to has to create some positive momentum, and we, we let the team down on that one. And uh, you know, as a group, we got to be better. Does the first minute of tonight's game tell us the team is fragile? Read that, Mark Letestu. All right, Brendan Ulrich working the Edmonton Oilers locker room. They lose 5-3 to Carolina. They're 1-4 on the season. They've lost four in a row. As I mentioned earlier, the last time they had a losing streak of that length was when they lost four in a row last November. 780-496-0063. We'll bring Tony on to overtime open line. Tony, you're on with Robin Reed. How you guys doing tonight? Doing well, buddy. So I've been um, watching a lot of these games, and, you know, I, I honestly, I, I'm not upset about the whole fact that we're losing because, you know, it is early in the season. Like, yeah, there are a few games that we should have won. But, you know, with the fact that our defense hasn't helped either Talbot much or, um, or Brassois much. But the thing I'm wondering is, is I've been looking at the stats for some of the players, and there are a few players that I think we should bring down to Bakersfield and maybe bring up some people that, you know, they, that they might actually produce here instead of being down there. One I can think of right now is Jujar Kara. He hasn't helped us much at all. And I think that if we were to bring up um, Jesse Pugliarvi and put him on the line with Cassian and whoever his other guy is on that line, he'd be good too. Do you guys, uh, would you guys agree with that or no? Well, uh, Jujarka, I mean, when, when players that are in the minors are, are, are pegged into certain positions, if Jujarkara goes down, they're not bringing up a goal scorer. Jujarkara is a fourth line guy that's, uh, you know, number 12, 13 forward. So bringing up Poliarvi to play that minute, the minutes that Kara gets isn't worth it. You also, there's a reason you have guys up here is because the outplay guys during the preseason and contracts come into play so uh Kara is has not been as good as he needs to be big reason why he wasn't in the lineup tonight 
his next opportunity. He's going to have to prove that he has what it takes to do it on a consistent basis. Yeah, he's now off his entry-level deal, too, so he'd have to clear waivers. I mean, look, there's not a lot of waiver claims in the league, but I don't know if you'd want to risk uh, exposing him. I, I, I think, if I understand, you know, Tony's question, I, I think in the short term they're going to go you know in general with maybe the odd tweak like a Malone call up or something they're, they're going to go with the guys that are on this team to play to their potential and, and give them a chance to fix it before there's massive roster moves and the Oilers losing four straight having Kara in or out of the lineup wasn't going to make a difference so that move's not going to do a whole I mean a big a big all right okay we're going to start winning now we just sent Kara down to the minors so this is something much bigger than one player and it's something this team's got to pull themselves out of 5-3 Carolina takes it more time for your phone calls more reaction from both dressing rooms all coming up Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre this is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 chance to center. He'll dump it in with 10 and a half to play in regulation. As this third period moving mind-numbingly slow. Beautiful pass. Maroon's gonna break away to tie it. Backhanded and eye by Cam Ward. What a feed by McDavid. And Ward comes up with a mammoth stop. Well, as poorly as the Oilers played at times tonight, if Maroon scores there, it's 4-4 with 10 minutes left, and the Oilers have scored three straight goals. Instead, Cam Ward comes up with the save of the game for Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Ward makes 48 saves. Yes, the Oilers get 51 shots. The team record is 55 against the Minnesota North Stars back in March of 1986. Yes, I looked that up, Rob. The Oilers won that game 5-4. Oh. And tonight, as you and I were talking off air, every single Edmonton Oilers had a shot on net. When you have the volume of 51 shots, there's a good chance that everyone's going to get them. And on that play that uh, Ward just made that big save on Maroon, the best part about that play, though, was the pass by Connor McDavid. Right. From the top circle in his own zone, he hit, he hit Maroon. There were three Carolina Hurricanes all standing almost in a line, like a soccer line, trying to protect the pass, and McDavid was still able to get it onto Maroon's stick. And yet, he, Maroon used some speed to get away. He, it was a good move. He was about uh, an inch, inch and a half of putting it over top of the glove of Ward. Ward just got a piece of the puck to keep it out. But it, it was amazing. In a game that looked out of reach at times for the Edmonton Oilers, they're about an inch and a half away from tying it up at that point. 5-3, Carolina takes it as we look at the advantage trailer rentals scoreboard. Sharks lead the Habs 4-2 after two. Vegas leading Buffalo 4-2. That one's in the third. The rest of these are finals. Dallas over Arizona 3-1. The Blue Jackets win 5-2 in Winnipeg. Predators 4-1 winners over the Avalanche. Vancouver shuts out Ottawa 3-zip. Devils in a shootout 5-4 against the Lightning. Leafs blank the Capitals 2-0. Flyers beat the Panthers 5-1. Penguins over the Rangers 5-4 in overtime. Yankees tie the ALCS with Houston two games apiece, winning 6-4 on their home diamond. Dodgers up 6-1 on the Cubs in the ninth. They're on the verge of going up three games to nothing in the NLCS. 780-496-0063. We have Kieran on the line. Hey, Kieran, thanks a lot for calling. How's it going, guys? Hey, we're doing well. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. So, um, you know, I think that uh, what you guys said a couple games ago about Yamamoto and just giving it to McDavid, I think he's um, he's pulling up now, pulling up his big boy pants and just, like, taking it in his own himself and shooting him by himself, too. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's gaining confidence. And I think through talking with the coaching staff, talking with, you know, Connor McDavid and Maroon on the bench, they're encouraging him to be the player that he is. And, and tonight we saw that more so than last game. When he's got an opportunity to put the puck on net, he is. He's, he's making plays. He's not just always looking to move the puck to Connor and let Connor make the play. So, uh, again, I thought Yamamoto was fine tonight. I think he's starting to gain some confidence, and uh, I don't know how long this little ride is going to last for him, but he's trying to make the best of the opportunity. Kieran, did you hear what happened at practice yesterday with Yamamoto? I did not. So they were doing a power play drill, and Yamamoto got set up for a one-timer on the left side, so it was offhand, and he stopped the puck and passed it cross-crease to Lucic, and it went through the crease, and everybody missed it, and the play was dead. And McClellan actually skated, like he watches from the, from the neutral zone, he actually skates into Yamamoto mm-hmm. and tapped him on the, on the butt with his stick, and he said, hey, it's okay to shoot that and raise your hands in the air, you know. So I think I think that was kind of a nice little moment where he said, like, uh, you know, you, you can shoot. You, you don't have to just set up the older guys on the team all the time. So, I, look, he's probably not going to play more than the, the nine games, but I, I still think it's valuable he's getting the experience. Yeah. And I think that uh, that if Kajula comes back before Yamamoto's nine games are up, I think that uh, I'd like to see Yamamoto, Kajula, and McDavid on the line together. Well, that'd be interesting. They could They could use some speed, and Maroon's having a tough time. I think right now they're looking for anything that works. And until they start winning hockey games, you're going to see the lines continue to get shuffled to, to find whatever can get them that victory that they need. Kieran, we're going to finish the play with you here. So Kellen's going to fire a clue from the game, and then I'm going to ask you a question. Here we go. From the 11 draft class, Russell wide open, yoking in. Center ice tipped home, and the Oilers back in the game. Power play goal, and it's going to be Ryan Strom's first as an Oiler. All right, the quiz today. Who did the Oilers trade to the New York Islanders to acquire Ryan Strom? Jordan Everly. Absolutely right. You get an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Stay on the line there so Kellen can get your info. All right, we're going to do the quickly the 10.30 news and weather, which I want to listen to because I want to find out how windy it's going to be when I uh, <laughs> leave to go home tonight. If you're on hold, stay there. We're getting to everybody at 780-496-0063. Another rough ride for the Oilers. They lose 5-3 to Carolina. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Carolina gets three goals in the first period. They go on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-3. The Oilers have dropped four straight. Thanks a lot for tuning in to 6.30 Chet tonight. It's 10.33. I'm Reed Wilkins. Our inside the game analyst is Rob Brown former NHLer, primarily remembered for his exploits as a Pittsburgh Penguin, and the Oilers will play the Penguins one week from tonight to end a three-game road trip. All right, 780-496-0063. Mike and Kevin, we're getting to you guys right away, but Jordan Stahl, the first star in the game, why wouldn't he be? He had four points. Here he is. Can't script a better start than that for you guys. You should uh, just thought on being able to jump out that lead and hold on to it. Yeah, it's uh, doesn't hurt. Uh, coming over three nothing after the first is always nice, and um, 
we made it interesting again, but um, we'll continue to learn from those ones. And obviously a very dangerous team, so they're going to make a pushback. And they did a good job of trying to climb back into it. But um, I think Wardle uh, ended up uh, finishing them off uh, at the end. What did you see that allowed you to get that good start? Um, well, we've been talking about our starts. We've been talking about shooting more as a group. I think uh, um, as forwards, um, we didn't to get, create enough ch- uh, shots and stuff. We didn't get too many tonight, but we definitely brought, brought us in that early quick, and we were fortunate enough uh, to get a qu- couple quick ones. Your goal obviously turned out to be the game winner. What did you see on that play? Did you see the bobble early or jump from that play? Yeah, um, I think Lenny was heading out there too, but I saw a bobble and um, just kind of went in the area and got a stick on it, and I was fortunate enough uh, yeah, to get uh, a jump on uh, whoever was chasing me and um, you know, fortunate enough to get in. About Cam Ward backstop, 48 saves. Yeah, there's a few too many shots probably that we'd like uh, not to have that many, but um, you know, goalies get paid too, so they did, he did a great job tonight. Um, I thought there wasn't too many great A's, but there was a couple, but uh, he definitely uh, steered a lot of them out of uh, the direction after the first shot, and we kept them on the outside a bit uh, throughout the game. Yeah, that moment at 4-3 on Nugent Hopkins and then on Maroon. Yeah, that was uh, that made it interesting. So it was uh, it was an intense game. Obviously, we need we need the points, and we didn't want uh, to uh, get on a streak uh, of three games. So we knew as a group that we had to find a way to win, and uh, you know we uh, we did just that. Was the shot total from the PR department up there? Or, I mean, 51, but. Yeah, I don't know if it felt like that. Um, I don't think we were completely outplayed, but uh, at the same time, they were shooting a lot of pucks as well. So, um, you know, it was uh, it was a good game. Great. Thank you, Scott Johnson. Talking to tonight's first star, Jordan Stahl. Ryan Strom selected as the second star. Tevu Teravainen had two goals for the Canes. He's the third star. Rob and I give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, we always uh, we always pick an oiler. I think in our uh, four-plus years together, Rob, twice when the oilers have been blown out, we've refused to pick anybody. Uh, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll say this. First of all, Cam Ward should have got a star, so I'll give it to a visitor tonight. I, and I'll also give it to Nugent Hopkins because he played his 400th game. Yeah, and I would I would have gone with Brad Stone or Brad Malone. Brad Malone. Brad Malone. I thought he, his line, they only played about eight minutes, but they were productive minutes. They drew three penalties. The Oilers got three power plays, two on Malone, um, one on Slepeshev. So I thought that line in reduced minutes uh, did their job. And I think, to me, I'm going to give Malone the four-star. Yeah, well, and you know what? That speaks to the value of sometimes just playing the game in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, at some point, they almost look like fullbacks just pushing the puck towards the net, and it, you're right, it led to a couple of penalties. They got the puck in deep. They, they put him in the corner, and they got the forecheck going. They played to their strengths. I think that's the biggest thing. They're not, they're not going to go and beat guys one-on-one at the blue line. They're going to put the puck into a corner and then get in the corner and start mucking it up, and they did a good job doing that. They drove the net, and in front of the net, they, they drew the penalties. So they gave the Oilers opportunities with the power play, uh, unfortunately, in the first period, there wasn't enough of it, and the Oilers fell behind, and the, the effort was there in the end, but it was just a, an effort that was too little too late. 5-3, Carolina takes it. You can get us at 780-496-0063. It's 10:37. We have Mike on the open line. Mike, we appreciate you staying up and giving us a call. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. I just want to make a, just a few comments uh, on my assessment of the season so far. I agree with the caller that... Uh, 
a couple of callers before mine who said that he doesn't think Brassois is a backup, good backup goalie, and I I have to agree with him. I don't think Brassois is really ready uh, at this point in time to play in the NHL on a on a regular basis as a backup. Uh, the second point is I think with all this hoopla, and I, I get it. I mean, I haven't been an Oilers fan since Oilers came in the NHL, and I've been waiting for a long time for to go and root for a team that you know that's kind of worthy of rooting for. But I think what happened is with all this media hyping up the team, and and in retrospect, last year in the playoffs, I think that kind of got inside their heads. And in that said, I think they put the cart before the horse. And that kind of leads into the next um, comment that I have. I don't think it's going to be popular, but I don't think Drysaddle is a superstar. I don't think he has, a, he has one good season. You know, I wouldn't label uh, one good season as a superstar. I would actually say Austin Matthews, if you're going to label someone a superstar. I mean, he does, he's consistent. Yeah, but Austin, Math- Austin Matthews came into the NHL with superstar already written on him. He he was right. with Connor McDavid. Yeah, so that's that's fine. That's fair. Yeah, but you don't put a label on a guy who just come out of nowhere and had a good season as a superstar. But yeah, but uh, Leon Draisaitl <laughs> didn't come out of nowhere. He he was a, well, a very very high draft pick. He was well, very maybe so. But there, I'm what I mean is the average guy like myself. I never heard of Draisaitl before the draft. Well, he, he he was. I mean, he was a guy that was going to go very, very high, and many people thought that he could be a star in this league. Now, I agree. Yeah. It is only one season. He has to do it year after year. But yeah, he, he's a good hockey player. He's no, a very, no, I, very I good that. hockey player. Yeah, no, I, I, agree I, think, you, I think. I think. I agree with you. He is a good hockey player. But my point is, I think it's gone to his head. That's my point, and he hasn't been proven yet. Last year was not a proving point. And, and 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 that goes into my next comment. A lot of people, I think, it's been hit upon a couple times this season. Uh, Bob Stoffers has mentioned it. But I think it's quickly forgotten that this is not a continuation of last year. This is a completely new season. Last year, they were going into games and taking teams by surprise. Not so this year. This year is a new season for the Oilers. This is a real test for the Oilers this year because every team is going to be ready for them. Oh, so absolutely. That's, that's a, they, that's, they've that's already a great adapted point. to McDavid. I, I think, I think, Mike, when when we referenced last year, is, is the context of us saying is that we've seen these players perform better. Uh, at, a, at a consistent basis. And that's all the information we have to go on. And, and when they were missing the playoffs every year, you'd often reference last year early in the, in the season as well. But you're right. It, it is a new season. It, it's its own little story. Each little section is its you know own, own chapter. And, it, and it's then you much, see where it unwinds. It's much easier to play as an underdog is it, than it is as a favorite. Sure. It's way easier because there's no pressure on you. There's much more pressure on the Edmonton Oilers, and that could be partly the reason why they've gotten off to this slow start. Absolutely. Also, you got to look at the, f- the fact that the Edmonton Oilers last year, their best players were healthy all season long. Yes. And that makes a huge difference because they most teams don't have 
uh, incredible depth. So when their best players are hurt, they're not as good. The Oilers, they didn't have to worry about that last year. Their best players were healthy all year long. This year, they started Sekra, who's in their top three defensemen. He's gone. Dreisaitl now, who's their number two best player, he's gone. Kajula, who's a top six Top nine at worst forward, he's gone. So this Oiler team is struggling for a lot of reasons. Um, and and I, I said at the beginning of the season, I didn't think their regular season would be as strong as last year because they are already uh, have the injury to Sekra. Yep. So I, I, I would have expected them to be better. The mistakes they're making in the game are mistakes that they shouldn't be making. Yep. They're smarter than that. They're better than that because we have seen them in the past do it. But I think the expectations are so big that sometimes it's hard to reach, and then the confidence kind of lacks. And I think you see in a team right now that's not quite as confident as they were last year. Yeah, they're 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 not they're definitely not as sharp as they were. They're not making as many plays, and they're I mean clearly not as as careful and thorough defensively. And they're falling. I mean they're trailing by two goals after every third period pretty much so that's a f- formula for losses well, right there last year a lot of players had career years dry settle did i mean it's it's a young well, career it but it's a career really year, but it's full still, year but, but it was a career <laughs> year. maroon had a career year i mean clefbaum had a career year talbot had a career year so the 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 thought is okay are they gonna have career years again are these guys all gonna be as good as they were last year are they going to be even better than they were last year? And it's tough. So this is a team that's still learning, and now they're trying to learn how to play as a favorite, which is completely different than playing as the underdog. Well, I don't know if they're going to be favorites the next three games, the way the season has started. 5-3, the Oilers lose to the Hurricanes. Our adjustment of the game, Rob has uh, talked about trying to deal with some of the expectations brought to you by Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. I I think one thing, too, is that everything, at least for me, Rob, everything that I would have identified as a question mark going into the season has had the the negative side of the answer. Will they get enough depth scoring? Will they have some key guys? And I know it's only five games. But will they get some depth scoring? Will they have key guys out? Will there be a little bit of a drop-off in uh, goaltending? Will there be uh, a little bit of a drop-off in defense? And then, as you mentioned, will they uh, handle the high high expectations? So, you know, a couple of those areas get, get turned around. Then, then I would think some of the results will get turned around. But right now, it's been a, a perfect storm of... Of, of bad stuff, and they got to deal with it. Well, and right now in, in these games, too, you're seeing the other team take full advantage of their opportunities, and the Oilers haven't. And we saw it tonight. I mean, 51 shots, only three pass. Cam Ward in Carolina only gets 21 shots, and they score five. So the Oilers aren't taking full advantage of their opportunities, whereas last year everything seemed to go in for them. This year it's not. Vegas was up 4-1 on Buffalo with 8.9 seconds left. Evander Kane has just battered a puck out of the air, which, if it stands, will tie the game 4-4. And uh, they are going to review it, so that'll be a, a, a tense one. And I like Vegas' outfits. They are Their pretty jerseys. good. They're pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, obviously a bit of a adversity test here for the expansion team that has a lot, had a lot of things going their way, potentially blowing a 4-1 lead late in the third. We're just going to see if this stick was above the crossbar. Nope, that's a good goal. I think that's a goal. That's a good yeah, goal. Should, that should be a goal. So it should be 4-4 heading to overtime. 780-496-0063. We have Kevin standing by. Kevin, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, man. Hey, 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 boys. I was hoping to give you the headline on this uh, goal by Buffalo. Just have it while I'm watching. Okay. Um, uh, anyways, uh, instead of asking how you guys are doing, 
want to thank you guys for being there for us, for these Oiler fans that have been watching this, you know, during the hard times. I want to thank you for that, first of all. Thank you very yeah, much. Well, you can pay us in food and beverages if you want, but that's okay. Just beverages. <laughs> and, and, Reed, I was the MC when you did the uh, media challenge on Thursday. Oh, hi, Kevin. Good. Thanks yeah, for doing that. Doing, man? You were super funny. I, I, you had me. I had you winning, my friend. Oh, thanks. You didn't win? I didn't hear about it. How'd it go? Oh, no. Mark, you know Mark Conley, the dark joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> way. I, that was brilliant. I got to be a judge for that sometime then. <laughs> Well, anyway, boys, uh, I'll get to the point. Uh, I, I, was, I was listening to uh, Oilers now this afternoon, and you were on there, Reed, as, as well. But uh, they are talking about, I can't remember the GM's name, about how he said the Oilers' biggest misconception is that they are the, one of the fastest teams, and they're not. Did Shirelli make a mistake three years ago making this team big and, like, to play against San Jose and that? Did we miss that? Uh, window, I guess, to become fast? Well, that's a good question, and actually I, uh, I, uh, other people have said that. The thing yeah. I referenced was I interviewed Doug McClain, the former that's coach and GM, right. last night on Inside Sports. Here's the thing. I I think you have to have a balance. Like to me, Kevin, it's like a football team saying, "Well, we're only going to run. We got a good running back, so all we're ever going to do is." I mean, you you need a balance. The Oilers were too small, and they were getting pushed around. That was one of the biggest problems they had. So they signed a couple big guys, like well, they signed Lucic. They traded a goalie that they weren't using for Cassian. Cassian actually is fast. Yeah, very fast. They traded a fast, skilled forward for a beefy defenseman, Hall for Larson. Yeah. So I, I, I think they needed players like that. But did though it's a fa- it's a f- more big than fast. It's a it's a it's a fair comment, Rob. Did they uh, do they need? I mean, you can't just trade everybody, trade all the big guys now and have twenty fast guys. But is is it is it balanced enough? Well, you, well, you know, time will tell. I mean, yeah, balance is a great word. Yeah, sure. balance is what I mean. You need a bit of both to be able to play in all situations. But I mean, we will see as this season goes on if if this is the right mix that the others have, and if it if it's not, then I'm sure that they'll try to make other corrections to get right. to the right mix. But yeah, it is a good question, and we're going to see as we go forward if this is uh, the finished product or if this is just uh, something that they can build around. Right. Okay. Well, thanks, boys. And, uh, again, thanks for helping us Oilers fans get through this hard yeah. time. Yeah, thanks for seeing Kevin. Hopefully you can call in again. Really, really appreciate that. 780-496-0063. Yeah, Kevin uh, emceed the uh, media challenge. Yeah, for, Andrew Gross uh, runs the comedy yeah, festival. I know Andrew very people. well, too. He's a, he's a funny man, too. Yeah, he is. He is were uh, were, he you, is were you any good? I don't know. Was it fun? I, yeah, I've loved doing it. I heard some people laughing, so that, that, that's, that's kind of my goal. That is key. If, if, as soon as you go up there and the first joke where you're hoping people laugh, if you hear one or two people you're laughing, you think, okay, at least these people will probably think it's, but then, then you, it's funny. Then you start turning towards those two. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to yes, talk to yeah, you. Yeah, and it wasn't my mom and dad. So I've, it was, uh, I've done lots of those public <laughs> events, and I, I'm up on stage, and you say something that you think is funny, and if it doesn't go over, you're like, oh, no, this is going to be a long, long night. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's let's do this. we got to call a quick timeout. You're going to hear from Ryan Strom, from Oscar Kleffbaum, from Bill Peters, from Cam Ward. We have Sam up next on the open line. Another rough night for the Oilers. They lose 5-3 to the Canes. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. 
Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Appreciate you tuning in tonight as we break down the Oilers' 5-3 loss to the Hurricanes. A tough start to the year for Edmonton. They're now 1-4, and four, an impressive outing on opening night against Calgary. They have not won since. And they will now hit the road in Chicago coming up on Thursday night. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, 780-496-0063. Before we go back to the phone lines, the winning coach tonight... Bill Peters. Obviously, when you're on the road, it's a nice way to start the great first period by you guys. Well, you know what? I was, we started on time, but that was about it. And the rest of it was a little bit, uh, left a little to be desired. I thought on Cavs play, uh, 51, 48 stops tonight. Yeah, no, he was good. You know, we hung him out to dry, and, you know, he kind of did what we thought he would do. Uh, he's a proud guy, and in his hometown, he gave us a chance, so... Wouldn't want to try and win too many games with that recipe, but uh, we got away with it here tonight. What were some of the things that you didn't like about the game tonight? Wow. Well, we started. We started on time, and then we just got sloppy and just got a little rattled, obviously, some too many men on the ice penalties, and took a few penalties when we had possession of the puck and turned it over. We turned it over too much. We made it real hard on ourselves and, and therefore gave up 50-plus shots. How valuable is Jordan Stahl on the offensive side of the puck tonight? Well, everything, right? That, that line was was good. Obviously, the, the shorty ends up being the game winner, but uh, you know, one of the few lines that was consistently able to to, to play, play with any pace and, and play with any execution. Slavin and Pesci's performance against McDavid's line tonight. What was your well, you know, they were good. I thought they, you know, they did, did what they did. And, you know, they play like that each and every night. You know that you see them on a regular basis. So they're two good young D, but uh, we will. Again, we've got to get more guys going and more guys pulling on the rope. Well, that is the winning head coach, just to clarify. <laughs> uh, uh, generally unimpressed Bill Peters, uh, and, it, and his team was outshot 51-21. And, you know, I guess from his perspective, like he said, we, we started the game well and then uh, and then gave the puck away and, and let the Oilers fire away. I, I don't know, did, did Carolina give it up a lot? Um, well, they must have given it I enough. Mean, they didn't enough. have it a lot. They, they, well, here's the thing. They... they and, and you see this happen. They, except for when they had power plays, they didn't attack in the second period. No, there was a lot of get the red line and feather it down into the Oilers' end. Yeah, they didn't want to make the big mistake, yep. and I don't think they did. I just think that when the puck eventually came, they they wouldn't forecheck. The Oilers would come out, and the New Oilers would, Oilers would get some shots on net. Now they didn't. The Oilers had a lot from the outside. Vegas just won an overtime. They're gonna go. Crazy there in Vegas tonight. They're celebrating. They need some good things to happen in Vegas right now. But what do you love about Peters right there? And as a coach, you can go in and show video and, 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 and have teaching points in a victory. We didn't play our best. This, there's a lot of things we want to clean up, but he still put two points in the bank. And, and as, as Jack and Bob were talking, they're in a very, very tough division. You know, they got some some of the league's elite that they're going to have to hop over to get into the playoffs. So it, it was a good night for Carolina. And that and, and Jack and Bob talked about it. I know you guys did earlier tonight. That is a team that is built for the future. They've got a very good young team. A lot of back their back end is, is going to be good. That's Is it Slavin? Is that how you pronounce his name? He is an excellent young defender. So yeah, this is a team to watch as we go forward. Uh, and... 
the, the Edmontoners, unfortunately, early in the game were watching them too much yep. as, as they took advantage of a sloppy first period. A young man by the name of David Perron scores in overtime for the Vegas Golden Knights, and they are 5-1 and one to start their history. I'm not sure many uh, people that are involved with hockey and predictions and stuff like that would have had the Vegas Knights sitting in first place right now in this young season. Here in Edmonton at Rogers Place, 5-3 Carolina beating the Oilers. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. Sam has dialed those digits. Hello, Sam. Hi, Sam. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to talk on a couple of things here. Firstly, Connor McDavid, I know, you know, the kid gets enough uh, media attention as it is. What do you think of his season coming out of the gate here? I know he has, you know, he lost his supporting cast, dry settle now, two down. But what do you think overall of his performance? I mean, he has six, six points now in six games, I think it is. Do you guys think he's been underperforming? Well, the, the problem for Connor McDavid is the bar is so high. He's the, the league scoring champion. He's the league MVP. So the expectations are huge for Connor McDavid. Now, he's at a point to game right now, and you know he's going to have some breakout games, and by the end of the season, I'm predicting he's going to win the scoring title. Is he playing as good as we've seen him in the past? No. No, and I'm sure he would admit to that, that uh, this has not been his best stretch of games. Um, Is he been their most explosive player? Has he been their best player over the first six games? Yes. But Connor McDavid... When we see him, every time he touches the puck, we expect magic to happen. And right now, there have been a lot of opportunities that he's created that haven't been finished. For example, the Maroon breakaway tonight. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't think we've seen Connor McDavid at his magical best as of yet. I think he's been good. He hasn't been great. Yeah, but when you look at that too, just do you think that's because of Drysaddle being out? I mean, you look at Washington, look at Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, what they're doing now. Even in, in Tampa, I mean, Stamkos is is putting his foot to the gas now, and Kucherov, I think he has eight nine points now. Like it's crazy, right? But you, they always have supporting guys. Do you think it's because of Drysaddle out, or he's just well? well Drysaddle's only missed two of the injured, five. To be honest with yeah, Dry, Drysaddle's only missed two of the five games, so I, I don't know if. For me, Rob, I, I think there are other plays where, you know, McDavid hasn't made as sharp a pass or a shot as we've come to expect. True, but in in McDavid's defense, he there's a difference between, at their, this point in their careers, a difference between having Yamamoto and Drysaddle as your wingers. Oh, absolutely. difference between having Strom and Drysaddle as, as your winger. Obviously there is. Uh, the, the biggest one right now for... And those other guys are having great starts, and that's awesome because they're, they're, I love offense in the National Hockey League. The biggest thing is the Oilers' power play. They scored a couple tonight, but up until tonight has not been very good. And skilled players, offensive players, are at their best when they're on the power play. And when, when the Oilers' power play is what it normally is, you know that's where you have the big nights, the four, the five-point nights. It's usually because you've got two or three on a power play, and the Oilers' power play has not been good enough up until tonight uh, for what it needs to be. All right, 5-3, the Oilers lose to Carolina. We do have more time for calls, 780-496-0063. We're going to have some more post-game reaction as well. Oilers with 51 shots, but they lose their fourth in a row. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.